So, this is interesting. Eddie Hearn is going to start putting on fights in his back garden. <laughs> now, it's a good idea, obviously, under the current circumstances. The matchroom headquarters is a big mansion. They've got a gym there, a swimming pool, and they've got a big garden out back. So, I get it. You know, it's innovation. It's doing whatever you have to do. I think Dana White was looking to put some of his UFC shows on uh, a private island. In the end, I don't think they've put those UFC or the last UFC show he did. I don't think that was on a private island, was it? Correct me if I'm wrong, but he still went ahead and did what he did. Eddie Hearn's answer to what Dana White is doing is to have boxing shows in his back garden. <laughs> and that includes, by the way, Dylan White versus Alexander Povetkin. I think that's one of the fights they're looking to put on in Eddie Hearn's back garden. I think outdoor boxing is better than indoor boxing when there's no crowd. Yeah, because at least there's a scenery. At least, because where Eddie Hearn lives, it's very, you know, green and grassy and scenic around there. You could still have the sky cameras panning around and, you know, doing what they do. And you've still got, you know, wildlife, birds and bees and the sound of, maybe cars going past and stuff like that to make it a little less stale and sterile because that's how the atmosphere was, let's say, for the UFC show, which was indoors. Uh, being outdoors, it might be a bit more interesting and a, you know, a bit more of, uh, you know, just a bit more background to look at. <laughs> Not that you'll be focusing on the background that much, but it will be a novel event. Anyway, long preamble, the main thing I want to focus on in, in this video is the fact that this uh, matchroom fight camp, as Eddie Hearn has called it, is not going to involve Anthony Joshua, despite the fact that AJ, according to Hearn, wants to be involved in this matchroom fight camp. He wants to have one of those fights in Eddie Hearn's backyard. He's very interested in that, but Hearn has shut it down. Hearn has said, nah, I don't want AJ. It's not realistic for AJ to fight in my backyard. He wants AJ to fight in front of a crowd. Now, all that's about is money. That's all it's about. Anthony Joshua being the matchroom cash cow. Obviously, Eddie Hearn wants to maximize the profits. And fighting Kubrat Pulev in his next fight, I mean, I'm sure Eddie Hearn is confident that AJ could win. But in the event that he doesn't win, and remember, that's a mandatory challenger. So if Kubrat Pulev wins, I don't think there's a rematch. I think, actually... Somebody said there's a rematch clause for that fight, but ordinarily there isn't a rematch clause. If any of you have got up-to-date information on AJ versus Pulev and whether or whether, whether there is or isn't a rematch clause, please let me know in the comment section below. But back to my main point, normally with a manager challenger, there's no rematch clause. And so as the promoter, you're going to want to maximize the earnings that you get when your cash cow goes in and fights a mandatory defense. Because if it all goes wrong and he ends up losing, you might not be able to get to uh, have your guy run it back. Like with Ruiz, that was a voluntary, so they could run it back right away. But with Polev, potentially, they won't be able to run it back. So, yeah, that's why I'm guessing Eddie Hearn might be, uh, you know, a little concerned. <laughs> and he might be saying, nah, we can't have you fight in my backyard this is going to have to be in a stadium, even if it's abroad. And then you have to look at Anthony Joshua, right? Because why would he want to fight in Eddie Hearn's back garden rather than fighting abroad in a stadium? Because 
the whole point of him fighting in the UK again, uh, let's say for the, uh, the Pulev fight at Tottenham, right? The whole point was to give back to the fans. That's what the point was. You know, he built his uh, brand and his career in the UK and hasn't fought in the UK for a long time. So eventually coming back to the UK to, you know, have this homecoming fight, that's what the proposed venue of Tottenham was all about. You know, Tottenham's new stadium. That's what it was all about. Giving back to the fans who had helped Anthony Joshua build what he has built and become what he's become. But what would be the point in AJ fighting in Eddie Hearn's back garden? What's that all about? <laughs> From AJ's perspective, you know, just being in the UK? Like, how is it giving back to the fans when there's no fans there? I'm sure you guys understand the point I'm making. So a bit curious there. Maybe AJ's, I don't know, got cold feet about fighting abroad. Maybe it's about energy. Maybe he wants to feel you know, the energy of winning on home soil again. Remember what that feels like. Maybe he feels like from a psychological point of view, he needs to come back to where it started in the UK on home soil to find his feet again, to find his old, old confidence. Maybe that's what it's all about. I'm speculating here, obviously, but I just find it curious that AJ would rather fight in Eddie Hearn's back garden than fight Hubert Pulev abroad for a lot, a lot more money, for example, and in front of a crowd. You know, maybe uh, AJ wants a break from the crowd. Who knows? Let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. Be interested to hear your thoughts and opinions and also be very interested to hear from AJ himself. You know, see what he has to say and why he was so interested in this matchroom. Uh, what's it called again? Fight camp. I think I nearly called it matchroom fight pass. Matchroom fight camp. So, yeah, let me know what you think, people. It's happening. I'm out. Welcome back to The Boxing Show. It is, of course, a Mental Health Awareness Week this week, and there are a few better people to talk on the subject than WBC heavyweight champion Tyson Fury. Adam Smith caught up with him earlier on this week. Tyson, good to see you. First of all, uh, how are you doing in, uh, in lockdown? Uh, obviously, keeping fit and active, as we've seen on social media. Family all well? All well, thank you. We're all alive and we're all healthy and we're all staying positive and fit which is the most important thing in these times. I train for anywhere between three and four times a day, six days a week, uh, keep, keep me mentally strong. Uh, you know, it's not so much for the physical side because as we've seen time and time again throughout my career, I'm not about how I look physically or aesthetically. It's all about performance for me. Um, so I don't really train for physical looks. I train for my mental health more than anything because I know if I have a couple of days off training, I don't feel good. I feel terrible. I feel down. I feel a little bit depressed and it just gets worse and worse and worse from there. It's Mental Health Awareness Week, of course. It's, um, it's something that's obviously very close to you. And, and for those who, who may be struggling, is it that, you know, don't suffer in silence? Is it, you know, reach out, talk to people? Most definitely. My advice would be to speak out as, as soon as possible. Speak to anybody you can, your family, your friends, loved ones, a doctor, anybody you can, because suffering on your own is terrible. The first person you've got to be honest with is yourself. Um, if you're in denial about what you are and who you are and what you're going through, then you can never overcome it. I've been being wrote off and all my life. 
like I say, I was wrote off coming into the world, premature baby. They said I wouldn't live. <laughs> and then I was wrote off because I was very thin and, and always in and out of the hospitals. But I grew strong and big and heavy and heavyweight. And then they wrote me off because I was a traveller. They said I'd never do it. They said I wouldn't have the dedication, yada, yada, yada. Then they wrote me off because I wasn't body beautiful like everybody else. Then they wrote me off because the heavyweight champion of the world was Vladimir Klitschko. Had to go to Germany. That was a write-off. And then they wrote me off because I went to 28 stone and had mental health problems, but that couldn't keep me down. Then they wrote me off because I had to fight the biggest puncher in the history of boxing after only two petty combat fights, but that didn't keep me down. Then they wrote me off because I'm all washed up and I can't take a punch anymore. And then they wrote me off because I got a massive cut. Then they wrote me off because I had 10 changes of trainers. Then they wrote me off because Wilder was going to be better the second time around. And then they wrote me off because they said I didn't believe in what I was going to do and I'm a feather-dusted puncher and I can't crack an egg and I'm useless. But here I am today, standalone heavyweight, leading superstar in boxing. And I'm still fat, <laughs> still ugly, still bald, still big mouth. I'm still unstoppable. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to do fight-wise, like boxing and all that sort of stuff. Plenty of fights out there. But at the end of the day, there's a lot more um, things going on in the world now than boxing. And I think it's a lot bigger than boxing and sports. But I, I would think that that the sporting thing keeps people going and gives people something to, to follow, give people something to concentrate on. I would like to see the, the football get back in order. I would like to see the boxing get back. And sports, I think sports is a massive uh, key in people's lives. Of course, Deontay Wilder, your next opponent. Anthony Joshua will fight Kubrat Pulev. And then hopefully 2021, is that what we're looking at for what would be the biggest fight, wouldn't it, in, in British boxing history with, with you and AJ? Yeah, you know, but if I get knocked out by Deontay Wilder, then it won't be, uh, he won't be on, will it? There'll be another fight with Wilder and so forth and so on. And if he loses to Pulev, so close but so far away. And in heavyweight boxing, you can never count your chickens before they hatch. Uh, Dillian mandatory, uh, waiting his his turn. Do you think you'll you'll share a ring with him at some point? Hopefully, you know um, I got this Wilder rematch, and then we'll hopefully get the Joshua fight on. But if that fight doesn't happen, then yeah, we'll take on Dylan White. Um, give him a beating. Why not? <laughs> You say that the train's rolling on. You seem in a really good place. You seem happy with life. You've got a great family around you. Are you going to just go on for as long as you can? Or will you just say at one point, you know what? I've done it. I've, I've done what I want in the boxing world. And I've got a lot of other things I'd like to do. You know, I've um, achieved a lot in the boxing. I've achieved more than any active heavyweight alive today. I'm happy with where I am in my career and what I'm doing. If I never had another boxing fight, I'd be happy. I've completed the game. The game's over. It's completed. Won every single belt in boxing, from the English title to becoming the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. All done. All finished, considered the best. Done. If I don't box again, I'm happy. But if I do box again, then I continue to box. You know, If we get past this thing, which hopefully we will, then we're going to keep boxing and just keep taking on contenders. It's great to see you so happy and so well, Tyson. It really is. Thank you very much, Adam. It's been nice speaking to you. All the best. And for all the people who are watching... Good luck, God bless, stay safe, stay healthy, stay positive, and uh, see you all soon. Canelo against Billy Joe Saunders was obviously almost there for May the 2nd. 
is that now completely out of the window for this year with everything that's oh. happened? No, I think that fight's still likely to take place, to be honest with you. I think there's no secret that DAZN won Gennady Golovkin to fight Canelo Alvarez. Um, Gennady Golovkin, you know, we have a contract in place with Zerometa to fight Gennady Golovkin, so that's another issue. And I do think that Canelo and Golovkin would like to fight Billy Joe Saunders and Zerometa before they fight each other. I see it as quite a similar situation as the Fury position with Joshua in the if they don't get the chance to take that fight by end of July, mid-August, they're only going to fight once this year, you know? So then it starts saying, well, I should just have the biggest fight I can, really. But in an ideal world, Golovkin will fight Zerometa, Canelo will fight Saunders in July, probably, and then they fight each other later in the year. I don't think people can now be as obsessed with Cinco de Mayo and the September date. You know, that that's almost crazy to think oh well we must fight on september for you know you got you got to plan your career around those dates and, and the, the truth is that when boxing returns there's going to be a huge demand particularly in terms of tv audience and pay-per-view numbers as well because there will be more people at home in the short term and, and you you might see that with you know wrestlemania the other night again ufc coming up who knows the numbers could be off the charts on, on those uh, on those pay-per-views I won't ask for your review of WrestleMania. I know what a huge WWE fan you are, but I won't ask you for too much detail on that. Um, you mentioned about Saunders probably still getting the Canelo fight. He's obviously under suspension from the British Boxing Board of Control at the moment. Is there no chance that any of the state commissions out in the US kind of replicate that suspension? Um, possibly. I mean, you know, I think it's more, they'll probably follow the British Boxing Board of Control. I don't think that, um, yeah, I think it would be very unreasonable for a state to go against the British Boxing Board of Control who are de- effectively dealing with the incident. Um, you know, I've commented on the on the incident in terms of he's a prat, Billy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you know Billy. I'm, I know you must do, but he's got a good heart. He is a good bloke. You know, he does a lot for charity, but every now and again. He does the most stupid thing you can ever think about. And there's no malice in it. There was no intention to, you know, uh, motivate people to to increase domestic violence and stuff like that. But you just can't do it because it's wrong, you know. So it's at some point you have to look at also the people around him and say, who is filming this? Like, at what point do you say, yeah, stick that up, Bill. That's, that'll be a laugh. I mean... I don't, I don't understand Everyone it. I mean, love that, yeah. Even Joe Bloggs, who works on down the local cafe, who's got 20 followers on Facebook, it would have been a silly thing to put up. But for a world champion with a track record of doing stupid things, you know, but I just hope that that is taken into consideration. The fact that, I mean, what's frustrating about Billy is the same weekend that he put the video up, he was out at many NHS hospitals delivering food parcels and all, you know, and, and it's like one step forward, two steps back sometimes with Billy. But I know that I know that the board, the British Boxing Board of Control, these people know, know Billy and they know that he's a decent kid. Sure. But you've just, you've got to stop, you know, and you've got to slap him on the wrist in my opinion, and you probably got to find him 
and say, you're a prat. Please, Billy. One more and you're out. Or, or I don't know, you know, but I can't. I think it would be very harsh to lose the opportunity of, of your lifetime and the legacy over this, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, it's a shame because a lot of people like that about Billy. Maybe not that, but, you know, they like the fact that there is that edge, there is that rawness, and there's that unpredictability. I'm sure it's like when you interview him or any of you guys interview him, it's like, yeah, let's get Billy because you just never know what he's going to say to oh, yeah. to drive interest. Or so we, we're all we, we all want it in a, in a way, but we don't want it to a level where it becomes X-rated or offensive, you know. So a lot of people, I've seen the responses on social media of a lot of people sort of backing him and saying. Oh, it's ridiculous. You can't get away with anything these days. It was only a joke. How can you not see that was a joke? And I understand that. But in his position, you could just can't do it. Mike Tyson released this new video of him shadow boxing for a few seconds, talking about he's going to channel the spirit of Mao or whatever it was if he does come back. Now, I said in one of my previous videos about Mike Tyson that people are reading too much into the, what was it, four or five second clip of him hitting the pads. And they said that, you know, the first clip that came out, they said that, oh, wow, he's faster than any of the heavyweights around today and he could still come back and compete. This is what some people were saying, getting carried away. And then more clips came out and again, very short clips. But when I saw the other short clips, that is where, I mean, I knew already and I was saying already that Mike Tyson's not going to be able to come back and beat any of the relevant heavyweights today. But when I saw the other clips that really brought it home to me exactly how far Mike Tyson has deteriorated. And obviously, as a 53-year-old man, he's supposed to have deteriorated. He's still in great shape right now for a 53-year-old. Don't get it twisted. And he could probably beat the living daylights out of just about every 53-year-old alive and probably most younger people too. But when we're talking about elite-level heavyweight boxing, what I saw in Mike Tyson's latest video, in the second and third clips where he was on the pads as well, but more so in this latest video where he's shadow boxing is that Mike Tyson is nothing like he was 15 years ago, much less when he was in his prime. I mean, you look at that shadow boxing video and his body, even though he's in shape, he looks like an old man. Yeah. The, the, the way his muscles look, they have atrophied to the point where, you know, this is nothing like the man who even fought Danny Williams. Yeah. He, he doesn't have the muscle uh, definition, mass, etc., that he used to have. His muscles are not going to function the same way. And it's not just the way his body looks, but also the way he's moving in the shadow boxing video, the way he, he's throwing the punches, the way he tries to step to the side. It all just looks like an old man. Again, I, I mean an old man version of Tyson because there are some young fighters who don't even move that fluidly now. But when you compare Tyson shadow boxing in that clip 
to Tyson shadow boxing in his prime or even Tyson shadow boxing after prison. You know, when people say he was past his prime, Tyson back then was a completely different physical specimen, a completely different athlete. So yeah, um, I hate to bust the bubble, but let's be realistic people. Mike Tyson would struggle to beat a tough journeyman right now. And I'm serious. If there's a tough journeyman out there willing to fight Mike Tyson, big guy, take a good shot, who will actually bring the pain and have a go, I think Mike Tyson could be in serious trouble. And somebody who I would suggest as being a tough journeyman is, let's say, Marius Wack. I think if the Marius Wack who fought Dylan White turned up to fight Mike Tyson, this 53-year-old version, I'm telling you that Marius Wack wins. Probably stops Tyson. Remember, Kevin McBride, and I think Kevin McBride lost to Marius Wack, didn't he? Can't remember now, but Kevin McBride beat Mike Tyson 15 years ago, and Mike Tyson 15 years ago was way better physically than he is now. I know people talk about, oh, he was only fighting for money and to clear his debts and all this kind of business. People, Mike Tyson is not the same guy anymore, physically. It's not there. So... I think people are, uh, you know, definitely letting their imaginations run wild and getting carried away. So, look, we all love Tyson. We all hope that there was some, will someday be a new Mike Tyson. Although I doubt there, there'll ever be a fighter of his kind of build and size that can move the way he does with the speed and power, the ferocity. You know, Tyson always had a great chin punch variety, all that kind of stuff. There'll never be another Mike Tyson, but a fighter in his type of mold, as in a Rocky Marciano, a Joe Frazier, a short, aggressive heavyweight who's very exciting. Now, some people say, we've already got those, right? We've got Andy Ruiz, we've got, you know, Oscar Rivas, and I mean, maybe even Derek Chisora. We've got guys like that, Povetkin. Yeah, but none of those guys have lit up the division the way that Joe Frazier did or the way that Rocky Marciano or Mike Tyson did. So we're still waiting for that. Will it ever come? Yeah, probably at some stage. They might not be as small as the likes of Frazier, Marciano and Tyson. They'll probably be more, you know, two, 230 pounds, maybe six one six two. whenever they do arrive. Uh, but I think at some stage in boxing, we will see the return of a dominant short heavyweight, a pressure fighter at some stage. But let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. Maybe you totally disagree with me about Mike Tyson. Maybe you think he can come back and demolish everybody again. I think you're deeply naive if you really believe that. At the absolute very best, and even this would be an incredible achievement, at the absolute very best, um, the only thing I would even entertain in my wildest imagination is Mike Tyson coming back, having a few fights and then maybe getting a shot at a WBA regular belt against Freza Kendo or something and maybe coming up with a win. Even that is a stretch, to be honest with you. But that's about as far as I can imagine for Mike Tyson. Does he still have power? Of course he does. If you stood up Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, or Deontay Wilder, and allowed Mike Tyson to have a free, a free shot at any one of their chins, well, he's going to hurt them. He'll probably drop them. But in boxing, it's very rare for you to get a free shot 
at somebody's chin. You have to worry about what's coming back at you. I mean, there are journeymen out there. There are fighters who will never become world champions or even get close, who, if you gave them a free shot, could knock out probably any of the world champions. Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua, if they just had one free shot. I mean, David Price has already knocked out Anthony Joshua in the gym with 18 or 20 ounce gloves on back in the days. You gave him a free shot at AJ's chin right now, he could probably knock him out again. But AJ's not going to give him a free shot and he's going to have to worry about what's coming back from AJ. Same goes for Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury been dropped plenty of times in his career. I'm sure if he stood still with his hands behind his back and David Price hit him with his best shot, David Price could drop him. Okay, but again, boxing is a lot deeper than that, people. We should all know this. So the chances of Mike Tyson coming back and being successful, knocking everybody out again, I would say slim and none and slim's left town, as his old promoter Don King used to say. <laughs> but anyway, let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. Can Mike Tyson come back and shock the world, become the oldest heavyweight champion in history, beating George Foreman's record? George Foreman himself was very impressed. He did a complete U-turn. At first, he was saying Tyson shouldn't come back. He's got nothing to prove. Then he was like, Tyson looked great. He should come back. He could be a contender. So anyway, let me know where you stand, people. You're signing them out. Well, yeah, back on Behind the Gloves with another news update, keeping you guys up to date with all things combat. Now, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the uh, recent video that kind of went uh viral you could say of austin amo williams sparring someone who doesn't look like he's got as much experience as himself the video got a lot of uh, uh a lot of comments towards it uh, a lot of people were unhappy at the fact that it looked like austin you know was levels above this guy and he was almost beating him down in sparring um and a lot of people had a lot of things to say let's have a look at some of the comments and replies to this we had Anthony Fowler saying bad shithouse he is bullying that fans saying whoever was overseeing the spa is as much if not more to blame so wrong in every way um, and if you go through the comments you can see there's there's so much being said about that the one that really went viral was Billy Joe Saunders saw the video and he had something to say and this is uh, this is what he had to say on this situation said you big useless fraggle the, that poor man clearly can't hold his hands up proper when i'm in us i'll move you around we see what happens then uh austin replied with this video so billy joe saunders called me out because i went a little too hard in sparring and i'm only four years in the sport but ain't this the same dude who suspended from boxing because he make jokes about beating women the woman beater the woman beater got something to say because I went kind of hard in sparring, fresh off quarantine. I want to see you. Let me know when you make it in the United States. Let me know when you land. Let me know when you land. I'm not scared of you. No, what? Come on, come to the United States. 1612 Austin Street, Houston, Texas. I never turned down a challenge. I don't care if you 30, 40 years old, don't matter. World champion, don't matter. Hey, I'm 24. I'm gonna show you what I'm all about. Come on, woman beater. So there's some tension between the two now. Uh, obviously, I don't see that becoming like a major fight or anything anytime soon. Austin's very early into his career um, and then Billy's looking for their big fight. But it, 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 creates a, it created a bit of tension between the pair. 
But uh, ever since receiving backlash for that video, Austin Ammo Williams did reply with this apology message. Quarantine has played an effect on me, especially because I was supposed to fight March 19th. I went through a whole camp and the quarantine canceled my fight one week before. So, you know, maybe I got a little pent up aggression. Maybe I'm going a little too hard. And I look back on the video and I see how it may be frowned upon because of how one-sided it was. I'm not trying to embarrass my sparring partner. I respect any man that go into the ring. If you're watching this, I respect you for getting in the ring. My intentions were not to embarrass you. My intentions were to show what I've been working on and it backfired. So I understand uh, everybody's viewpoints. The video's down and ain't coming back up. And I'm excited to show y'all what I've been working on in my next fight. So clearly he understands that, you know, maybe there was there was something wrong or so maybe he took a wrong step and a wrong approach to that whole situation uh but what do you guys think of the whole situation what did you make of the video do you think it was unfair for austin to upload it you've got to understand as well though with him being a pro i think he's not been boxing for very long he's only been boxing for five four or five years so he's still early into it um just let me know what you guys think in the comment section. Hey, Fight Fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking this icon right here and hit the bell button so you can get notified every time we upload a new video. And we also have a free app available on iTunes and Google Play. So make sure you go ahead and download that. Bye, Fight Fans. I'm sure most of you saw that Eddie Hearn interview the other day on AFL TV where he was talking about the possibility of... Deontay Wilder stepping aside to allow the undisputed fight to happen and Eddie Hearn had expressed some interest in maybe working out a step aside deal before but now all of a sudden he's saying nah we don't want to not just pay Deontay Wilder any step aside money we don't want to become undisputed champion and then be obligated to fight Wilder afterwards it seems like Eddie Hearn is getting a bit spiteful towards Deontay Wilder because of the fact that Deontay Wilder and his team gave Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua the runaround for what, over a year? I mean, that's facts, people. Deontay Wilder was offered the Anthony Joshua fight on multiple occasions. The last offer that Wilder received was for over a hundred million and he turned it down. In all the years I've been following the great sport of boxing, there are very few decisions which have baffled me more than Wilder's decision to turn down the AJ fight multiple times for career high money. Absolutely baffling. Deontay Wilder could have already been the undisputed champion, but instead he decided to listen to the people in his team who don't have his best interests at heart. And now he's not a champion of any description. He lost his WBC belt and he never had any of the other belts. I mean, if he doesn't know right now that it was a bad decision turning down the AJ fight. I guess he'll never know. So this is exactly what Eddie Hearn said in the IFL interview. And please excuse the helicopter above. I don't know if it's a police helicopter or a military. God knows what it is. But this is what Eddie Hearn said in the IFL interview. He said, quote, I think Bob Arum said in an interview at the weekend where he said he doesn't know where this number, $10 million supposedly, has come from. He said in interviews he won't step aside and with everything happening in terms of the uncertainty over the future of the world, let alone boxing, he's not going to want to step aside. We also don't want to enter into a deal where we say, oh, when we beat Tyson Fury, we have to face Deontay Wilder and he has to get 40% 
Deontay Wilder is out. He's done. He's just a voluntary challenger. We want a clean slate when we enter into a deal, whether it's a one-fight deal with Tyson or a two-fight deal. But when AJ beats Tyson Fury, we don't want an obligation to fight Deontay Wilder. What's he got to do with it? He's done. He's beaten. He just got knocked out. If he beats Tyson Fury, then we want to fight Deontay Wilder. But if he doesn't, he's just back into the rankings. He's not coming into a fight with the undisputed champion. So in that respect, it's a lot easier for us to have a clean slate and everybody is on the same page with that as well. End quote. Yeah, those are the words of Fast Car Eddie Hearn talking about Wilder. No voluntary shot Wilder will be getting against AJ, nothing like that. So it looks as though the Fury-Wilder fight will go ahead, the way people are talking right now, the way Eddie Hearn's talking, the way that, of course, Bob Arum's talking, and I guess Wilder himself. So, yeah, that is what that is. But I do sense a bit of spite in what Eddie Hearn is saying. Because previously, both Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua had said they would give Deontay Wilder a voluntary shot. But that was long before all the failed negotiations and what have you. But after all the offers went in, and all the nonsense from Team Wilder, Eddie Hearn has said, you know what? Have a taste of your own medicine. You want to try to freeze us out? See what it's like to get frozen out yourself. <laughs> you know, it's a shame. I understand why Eddie Hearn feels that way or may feel that way. But I still want to see AJ versus Wilder. I, I don't want to see it as much as I used to, of course, because before it was about being undisputed and the fight which still takes priority over all others for me is the undisputed fight, AJ versus Fury. But nonetheless, from a stylistic point of view, I still think that AJ versus Wilder is a great fight. It's an intriguing fight. And it's definitely one I'd love to see. And I hope we do see it before this era is over. And I hope we see it when both guys are still close to their peak. You would imagine, I mean, we could be wrong here because fighters peak at different ages, different times and for different reasons, but you would imagine that AJ is probably closer to his peak than Wilder is. And that Wilder might be, you know, possibly over the other side of the hill. I mean, not by a great amount, but is Wilder going to get any better at this point? He'll surprise me if he does. We'll see in the next Tyson Fury fight. Uh, I think, as I've said before, the best strategy for Deontay Wilder, if he fights Fury again, is to actually use his legs a bit and move around, not get pushed back, because there's, there's a difference between being pushed back and actually training to move around. Big difference. Difference in the mindset, difference in the different uh, the, the stance that you might use, the punches you might throw, and obviously just being prepared to fight that way, mentally and physically. So... Yeah, that's my take on what Eddie Hearn said in the IFL interview with regards to Deontay Wilder. Uh, sounded a bit spiteful. We'll see what happens, people. Looks as though the Fury-Wilder uh, trilogy fight is going to take place at some stage, maybe in 2021. Maybe it won't even be this year. We'll see how things go. So, yeah, let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. It's happening. I'm out.